was once a time, not in the playoffs, where the Chicago Cubs were scared of the Milwaukee Brewers. They pleaded, begged, and threw themselves at the feet of Major League Baseball, the Umps, and anyone else that could cancel a game because uh, they were scared of playing the Milwaukee Brewers. This was a few years ago. Now, the Cubs got their game canceled because of quote-unquote rain. Well, uh, if you looked at the forecast or just stepped outside of your house in the Chicago area and looked around, it was actually sunny and a little partly cloudy. In fact, uh, Little League and Babe Ruth and high school games were played that day. Um, it was so sunny, in fact, that I think they even ran out of sunscreen in their local Walgreens and supermarkets around there. But the Chicago Cubs were able to... Uh, get the game moved against the Milwaukee Brewers because they were scared of how hot the Brewers were. I think they were just coming off a travel day, and they wanted to get on their arms right. Now, this uh, last night is a little more peculiar about it all, Rowdy. What happened last night with the uh, the deciding game in the ALDS? Rain out. Rain out. Rain out. First pitch was supposed to be just after 6 o'clock. Now, when you were looking at this game, all hands are on deck for for an elimination game, right? Correct. Now, the Cleveland Guardians bullpen might have been just a touch more rested, but not a ton of difference, especially when it's a deciding game where all hands are on deck, anything goes. And they were playing this game immediately after the the previous game, yep. correct? And that was how the schedule was supposed to play out. Well, all of a sudden in the forecast out in New York, they could have played for about an hour before the rains came. Mm-hmm. They decided not to. You had Cleveland Guardians fans outside the dugout like 30 minutes <laughs> past when first pitch was supposed to be throwing the football with people in the crowd. They were sitting there waiting anxiously to see what they were going to do, play what was going on. It then rained for about two and a half hours. And then stopped. And then it stopped at about 9.30 Central Time. And then they canceled it. And then they canceled it. They made their fans and everyone wait two and a half hours just to cancel it. Why'd they do well, that? two and a half hours after the about delay. the first hour. Why'd they do that? And this is all for the Yankees and who they want starting. The Yankees were in a tough spot. They had Jameson Tyon, who was supposed to go. Now, I still like the Yankees. We actually bet the Yankees in the Razor's Edge. That's now null and void. He had pitched previously as a relief pitcher. Aaron Savale was going for the uh, Guardians. It still appears he is going. I know yesterday Terry Frank uh, Terry Francona did say they would not use Shane Bieber. Mm-hmm. Now, whether the one day of rest makes a difference, who knows? But he was pretty adamant yesterday that uh, Shane Bieber would not be used in a deciding game five which obviously that's the ace of their staff. But the Yankees getting an extra day off, it did allow them to bring back Nestor Cortez on three days rest. And obviously Nestor Cortez is their number two starter behind Garrett Cole. And if you know anything about Nestor Cortez, he throws left-handed, which Cleveland is significantly worse against left-handed pitchers than they have been against right-handed pitchers this year. So this this move completely completely favors the Yankees and them getting ready to, to play this game. Yep. So there you go. There was, if you're looking for a closeout in the ALDS, you didn't get it as weather rain delays. And then maybe a little backhanded stuff at play with the New York Yankees to give them uh, the benefit here as now they pushed it to this afternoon, three Oh seven. Weren't the Yankees in every primetime slot 
uh, leading up to this. I don't remember. Well, them. now they have to get it done because this is the first time ever. They didn't Evo, play a day game this playoffs, have they? This is the first time ever that an at a DS and a CS will overlap. Yeah, because the CS tonight, uh, NLCS, Phillies, Padres, uh, crazy. So 307, Guardians, Yankees to decide who will move on to the ALCS to take on the Strohs. But Phillies and Padres start tonight at 7.03 uh, there in California. So that's going to be a doozy. So this is the first time ever, Rowdy, the DS and a CS at the same time. Yep, all because of a quote-unquote rain delay where they definitely could have fit a game in in segments, played for about an hour, and then finished it up about three and a half hours later. Mm. What's so crazy to me is, uh, like, I know this for the Milwaukee Brewers when they're out, uh, obviously not an American family field because they have a roof, Um, but when they're out and about and there's a rain delay, there's, like, no communication about when a game will start back up. Uh, None of the broadcasters and even on the back channels of the radio lines, they're just like, yeah, we're literally just in a holding pattern. Uh, we're going to reconvene in an hour and let you know uh, what we're told. Then you wait an hour, and they're like, yep, we really don't have any information. Uh, we're going to have to wait mm, probably about another hour as uh, there's still a storm cell around here. We'll let you know if we hear anything. Guess what, Rowdy? They never let you know if they hear anything because no one ever says anything. I was looking at Twitter last night. So many people and even some uh, media members there that were from Cleveland and uh, New York covering the game saying, how is it in a closeout game in the ALDS that we get no information about what they're going to do with the game? All you get is you wait that, I mean, what was it, almost three, three hours, three and a half hours of delays? Yeah, before it was officially called. Of the three and a half hours of delays, no one ever said a word about anything. Major League Baseball is crazy. You are in the, a huge game, closeout series, ALDS, Guardians, Yankees, and you literally can't tell any single one of your fans or even reporters that are there, what you are going to do with the game. It's mind-boggling. Uh, Cashman, uh, Brian Cashman, Yankees manager, uh, said, we expected to play. It was supposed to be not a window. It was supposed to be clear. And then a new system popped up. We were actually wrestling with the first pitch time, and then a new system popped up with moderate rain. That was going to hit us in another 25 minutes, so we really couldn't start again. And now we have a whole new weather system that was not in the forecast whatsoever. So that's what took us down. He says, very tricky. Weather's unpredictable. Do you think the happiest man, Rowdy, was the Yankees manager about this decision? Oh, I think just the Yankees in general. It allowed them to get that extra day of rest for the bullpen, and it allowed them to uh, have Nestor Cortez available, their number two starter. I mean, Cleveland right now, they're throwing like their fourth, fifth starter. Like this, this totally, this, this rain delay totally plays into the hands of the Yankees and you know, major league baseball was a hundred percent. Okay. With that, because it would have been Astros Yankees. If the Yankees prevail, it's not the Cleveland guardians. They already have on the other side, the Phillies and the Padres, the five versus six. Mm -hmm. They would have much preferred to have the Braves and the Dodgers. Oh my God. Major league baseball is salivating at the idea of getting the Yankees to a world series. So in order to get them to the world series, you got to get them to a CS. So, so Cleveland outfielders, miles straw was out there as Rowdy was talking about. He tossed footballs with fans in the first and second decks during the delay, um, as did their backup outfielder, uh, Will Brennan. And then you have uh, other guys out there just having a good time. And Yankees, everyone's like, Oh, I don't know. There's another storm coming up. Well, the guardians players are out there literally, Having a catch, playing a little football. <laughs> it's just this makes me just cheer for Cleveland even more. Same. It's so now on obvious. paper. On paper, like through the, at the betting window, this just gives the Yankees even much more of an advantage. 
but man, it just really makes you want to root for Cleveland. Oh my God. I, yes, I want Cleveland big time after I, I did it anyways, but after this, even more so. Uh, let's see here. The Yankees GM also said, I don't want to speak for anybody, but I would generally think that no one's going to feel anything other than joy if they have a chance to move on to continue their season. I think everyone understands that it's difficult road going through this to navigate, and the weather is just making it hard for us. It benefits you. You, you. you love this. This is It's crazy to me, but hey, it is what it is. I guess you just got to keep rolling with the punches, as now we have... Um, for the first time ever, good good pull on that one, Rowdy. The DS and the CS going at the same time. Crazy. Um, are you excited for a little CS tonight then? A little Padres fills? Eh. No? My only horse left in this race that I want to see win is the Cleveland Guardians. Like at the time of that the playoffs started, wanted to see the Braves in the NL and the Guardians in the AL. If they lose tonight to the Yankees, you have the Astros which I mean, they were a team. They're good. Don't, don't get me wrong. They're good. They're talented. And they've shown that even, um, even without trash cans, they can win. Yeah. That they're winning and they're a good team and that they've been there, done that. So I think the Astros winning would actually kind of be like one of those things like, Hey, we, we want a world series, you know, cleanly. Yeah. Cause they don't have the trash cans or anything like that. Chest buzzers. Yeah. And then they can say, see, we still, we didn't need to do that. <laughs> then you have the Yankees who are the Yankees, right? Uh, yeah. It's the evil empire. Yep. And then on the other side, you have the Phillies who have the ability to spend a lot of money. I oh, mean, and I was told they're a, a poverty franchise. Yeah. By, just a decade ago. I mean, this was Philly a team fans. that was playing in the world series like all the time. And then you have the Padres. So I guess Hater. Yeah, Josh, Josh Hader and the and the Milwaukee Brewers helped Help fuel. facilitate that. The Brewers would get like a piece of that ring. If they so I don't it. know. I would say just uh, Guardians, and if I had to pick an NL team, I can't go with the Phillies. Give me the Padres. Man, the whole Josh Hader thing makes me mad. But a part of me would love to see the Padres win it just so Hader could shove it in the Brewers' face. But then also you're getting collateral damage as a Brewers fan because you're like, I cheered for you your entire Brewers' career. And now you won a ring as immediately as you exited the team. Is, do the Guardians have any Brewers connections, Rowdy? I'm getting pretty close to being Rob Lowe in the stands, except for just wearing a MLB. Major League Baseball hat. This is MLB. Does the Guardians have any any um, connections to the Brewers? I'm sure there is. If maybe some distant relatives. Uh, Luke Maley. Oh, is that, is that it? <laughs> the third catcher. Oh, okay. The one that uh, Craig Council loved enough to bring up to the playoff <laughs> roster last year. He's their backup catcher. Um, I forgot about that guy. All right, so there you go. Then last night. Other than that, I think it's uh, pretty, pretty clean. Pretty clean, but that's probably why they're winning. <laughs> and then last night, uh, this game should have been on Thursday night football. Jesus, I mean, stop putting the Broncos in prime time. I can't stand watching the Denver Broncos. Nathaniel Hackett, their head coach, former Packers OC, he stinks. And then Russell Wilson. Mr. Unlimited, Bronco Country, let's ride. He's annoying. They lose again, and we were making fun of this yesterday. I said, what are they even going to score, the Broncos? They scored 16 points again and lost. They, oh, the game itself, terrible. Here's the win for the Chargers. That's good. Scott puts it down. That's good. The kick is good. And the Chargers win it in overtime. Game stunk. Harris, good hold by Scott. 
There you go, Rowdy. Dustin Hopkins with his fourth field goal of the game. Long night of football here in Inglewood. Long night of football. Well, Boring. in an interdivision matchup, the Los Angeles Chargers come away with a win in overtime, 19-16 to against the Denver Broncos, like you just said. I mean, if you're a Chargers fan... That's a nice win because it's, it. it's interdivision. Obviously, that Denver defense has actually been pretty good this year. The offense has just been it's putrid, terrible. They stink. But if you're the Chargers, that team is beat up. Mm-hmm. Like Herbert's got bad ribs. Is Allen playing anymore? Allen, that don't get me started <laughs> about him. He's, he's he, Mr. Glass. He's my he's on my fantasy team in our he's Mr. Glass uh, in our work league. He's he, Mr. Glass for years. he hasn't played since week one. He like never plays. And then you have Joey Bosa. Yeah, he's he's gro- been yeah he's down. Groin injury. They had they had uh, one of their better corners has been down this year. Like that's a team that's really beat up. So that's a that's a survive in advance for them. But yeah, overall, did you really feel like on paper that that was going to be a great game to no, watch? No, it's the Broncos. They stink. Like the Broncos can't score anything. They suck. Hey, we have Wilson. a we do have another uh, good primetime Thursday night football game this week. Oh, is it? Um... Who is it? Is it Saints and Cardinals? Hey, speaking <laughs> of the Cardinals, we got to get into what the Cardinals just did. But yeah, that's going to be a doozy of a well, game. Well, they got they get two receivers now. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that. How the the Packers are sitting there with their you know sitting on their hands right now as other teams are out there trading for wide receivers. But real quick on the Broncos, they score 16 points again uh, in a overtime loss. Check this out: Broncos lose to the Seahawks 17-16 Week One. Broncos beat the Texans 16 to nine Week Two. Broncos beat the Niners 11 to 10 Week Three. Broncos lose to the Raiders 32 to 23, their biggest output of the season. Broncos lose to the Colts 12 to nine, and they lose last night 19 to 16 to the Chargers. That is three times this season they have scored 16 points. They stink. They stink. And then you go look at that division. We thought that division would be crazy. Chiefs are four and two. Chargers are four and two. Then it drops off. Broncos two and four, and the Raiders, who are putrid, they're one and four. That AFC West rowdy, we thought would be like a juggernaut of division. It's like the Chiefs and the Chargers now. The rest of those teams are, I mean, they're two and four and one and four. Well, you on, are what your record is. On paper, the Broncos were supposed to be great, but they did have a brand new head coach. Mm, yeah, Hackett. Russell Wilson in a new system. Stinks. And he has not played well. Now, you had a lot of people talking about how maybe the Seahawks and Pete Carroll actually knew that Russell Wilson was the problem the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then. I kind of the the thing with the Chargers is they're actually pretty dang good on paper, but everyone's hurt. Yeah. And again, the Chargers are the team that find a way to lose games <laughs> every single way when it comes to like game plan or like time management, timeout management, it, clock management. Was it Norv Turner the longest? Who was the Brandon Staley is the head coach? No, no, no. When they uh, had Philip Rivers and Bolo tie, who was their coach for a long time? Out there. They had Marty Schottenheimer, Norv Turner, yeah, Norv Turner that's what it's um, Anthony Lynn. They always would find ways to lose. Like they'd be, it'd be like <laughs> every year, find ways to lose. Like how is this team this way? But hopefully the Chargers. Uh, I like Justin Herbert. You mean? I mean the yeah. Chiefs are still good. Oh yeah, they're really good. They're just not quite to the level as of the Bills. No, but Bills. they're they're still solid, good team. Yeah, probably a top five team in the NFL. And then there's the dumpster fire that is the Raiders. They are tough. They had a bye week. Our guy Charlie out in Vegas was hoping to catch a Raiders game. They're in the bye. Sorry, kid. Hopefully you caught UNLV on Saturday, the running Rebels. All right, we got Gone in 60 coming up. Uh, Wisconsin Badgers, another 
guy in the transfer portal. We'll talk about that. Jimmy Leonard speaking with the media yesterday uh, the, on the status of the team. And he had some really good comments. A lot better than what Paul Chris would do up on the podium. So we'll get to Jimothy Leonard. Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, is there trouble brewing in Titletown, or is that what the media wants you to think? I have something to play, some audio to play for you guys. How uh, uh, CBS Sports, ESPN, uh, even p- people who cover the Packers are trying to spin it, twist it, and turn it to make you think that there is trouble in Green Bay. We'll get to that as well as LaFleur is talking about the simplification uh, of the offense. And then, you know, Major League Baseball playoffs underway. All kinds of goodies today. Uh, Rowdy, real quick, speaking of the Badgers, we talked about this before the show started. It was 32 degrees when I got up this morning. It was snowing yesterday. A uh, little little flurries, a little sleet. But what's that What's that weather forecast looking like on, uh, on Saturday? Yeah, by the end of the week, we're supposed to be getting into the upper 60s, even into the 70s here. Woo! That's what Friday, I'm talking about. 69. Saturday, nice. 69. Nice. Sunday, 73. Nice. Monday, 66, but rainy. And then we drop back into the 50s and 40s. Oof. But I'll, we'll take that. We'll take that little stretch in the 60s and low 70s. It's... Hell yeah. I think that's definitely the last hurrah. We'll enjoy it while we can. It's going to be nice for us. Yeah, and I got a concert on Saturday. We don't come back for another Badger home game until November after this weekend. Yeah, how about our Saturday, Rowdy? We're at the Zone Blitz pregame bash at the Red Zone from 1230 to 230. Then there's the game, and then there's a concert that night. But both Rowdy and I have tickets to at the Sylvie Cannons. Hell yeah. Grant Bills. Hey, Grant Bills. Let's go sports show. What's up, you beautiful bastard? This is the day the Lord hath made, and I am just rejoicing uh, in the glory of being alive. Russell Wilson soiled his pants on national TV last night again. The NBA is back tonight. We This is just fantastic. I, I, I could not be happier today. And Grant, uh, I'm proud and happy to report that all of us, me, you, RJ, Nelly in here, we are uh, not pushing any daisies above the ground, and God damn, does uh-huh. it feel good. Mm-hmm. It does feel great. Another day to be walking around alive on God's green earth. The Packers might be three and three, and the Badgers might have, you know, played a really bad game that took three and a half hours on Saturday. But guess what? Russell Wilson still stinks, and our Milwaukee Bucks return tomorrow. But the league is back tonight, so it's a great day. Grant, um, with that, well, I was going to save it, but I'm just going to do it right away. <laughs> little John Tesh, round ball rock. This is uh, college basketball, oh. though. Uh, this used to be, when I was growing up, Grant Bills, from 1991 to 2002, it was the NBA on NBC. Now it's Fox College Basketball. Oof. This, 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 <laughs> this brings me back to the good old days of the NBA when you could actually foul guys or play defense and it wasn't called a foul. True. You know? Back, back in my I day, Grant the, Bills. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a little uh, partial to the uh, NBA on, on ESPN song and on TNT. I wish... You know, we don't have it on NBC or ABC anymore, so we're losing out on a couple of songs. It's anything better than the NBA TV, though. That's a, that's a Walmart theme song. That's a great value theme song. <laughs> well, just rejoice in this, knowing that this was the, uh, the the great younger years of my life, watching the NBA. Grant Bills, the Milwaukee Bucks yeah. getting underway. The league starts tonight. Uh, what is it? Lakers uh, are the nightcap. They're taking on um, the Warriors. Lakers, Warriors and, 70, and 76ers. Celtics. Celtics. Uh, Grant, who is Ooh. the biggest threat to the Milwaukee Bucks? Well, who, in your humble opinion, will be taking the East where the Milwaukee Bucks reside? Oh, I think it's the Bucks. I think it's the Bucks. Who's the I biggest threat to the Bucks? It sounds like a homer pick. The biggest threat 
Uh, I'll still say the Celtics because I don't believe in the Sixers. I think the Sixers are the Vikings of the NBA. Every year, people try to talk me into the Sixers. And oh, I, I, trust the I process. Trust the process. Du, 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 du. It's no, yeah, it's not happening. Uh, what's up? Don't, don't, don't tell Ben Kenny that. But. I think he's listening right now. Who coaches the Celtics now, anyways? Uh the guy Joe Mazzulla. Yep, yep, yep. That's it. Um, okay. Not Ime Udoka. No. And uh, Robert Williams is hurt. I mean, they're they're going to get off to a slow start, but I think it's the Celtics. The Celtics are still really good, and I don't trust James Harden. I don't really trust Joel Embiid again. Sorry, Ben Kenny. No. And I don't trust Doc Rivers. They stink. Uh, Grant, yeah. the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be without Chris Middleton for a few weeks as he's coming back from that wrist surgery. Um, you know, huh? You know where our stance on the regular season NBA, Rowdy? Uh, we usually tune into what games? I tune into all of the big holiday national TV games, so like your Christmas, Thanksgiving, New you know, like New Year's, MLK Day, MLK, exactly all <laughs> of those big games. But then you don't really start to pay attention until, weirdly enough, baseball season starts April. Grant, can you tell us a reason why we should? I mean, I do turn into games and read about them. Is it, can you give a sell us on the regular season, especially the beginning of the NBA season? Well, it's basketball, and it's being played by the best basketball players in the world. Look, if you don't want to watch all the regular season games, especially the East this year, it's probably not a bad year to just watch the big games because between the Bucks, the Celtics, the Sixers, and the Nets, all of the top teams in the East that are established are just going to be focused on getting to the playoffs healthy. Yeah. Like That's what beat the Bucks last year. They didn't have Chris Middleton, or, or they missed Brooke Lopez for a bunch of games. So the established teams in the East, the teams that I think are the real contenders, are just going to be focused on getting to – the playoffs healthy. Now, if you want to get into the weeds and watch some of these younger teams, as I recommend you should, because it's fun, then you can really get dialed into the regular season, but that's not for everyone. I get it. How's your Sacramento Kings going to do this year? For some reason you like them. They're terrible. Playoffs. 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 Play it, probably play in. They're, they're, they're pretty good. They, they have a nice roster. I like the Kings. They're not going to win any, win any conference titles or anything, but I, I think they'll be in the playoffs. This and year. when you hear Excited. Greg Popovich uh, a couple of weeks ago say, he's literally telling people, don't bet on us to win the championship. He's like, he basically said, we're terrible. We're not going to make the playoffs. When you hear oh, a coach, yeah. when you hear a coach say something like that, what does that do for Grant Bills? Well, there's teams in the NFL doing the same thing. You guys are just talking about the Panthers. I, it's a reality. It's things this year because Victor Wembanyama is this psycho prospect that everyone's going to want. And rightfully so, like he's, the best since LeBron. He might be better than LeBron. Who knows? Um, and then the number two overall pick, Scoot Henderson, is really good, too. So all these teams that are borderline bad are going to be especially bad. I don't mind taking once. What the Thunder are doing bothers me a little bit because it feels like we've been doing this for year three, year four now, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander is still there, and they won't really let him play, and that kind of sucks. But if the Spurs tank for one year, Jazz tank for one year, ah, eh, that's how sports work. Will the Flakers miss the playoffs again? Oh, well, it's not... It's not easy for some of these teams to just be locks. Because God, do they all hate each other? Teams in the West, yeah, and and I don't know. Russell Wilson is not. It's just not good. It's not good. Well, you said Wilson. You said Russell Wilson. You meant Westbrook. Sorry, Russell Westbrook. I have Wilson on the brain Mm -hmm. um, after last night. But yes, basically the same thing. Both are you know massive letdowns to their team, and their contract is just way too large. Uh, for how good they are anymore, but uh, so they're similar in that. But yes, Russell Westbrook. Would you say that the Lakers maybe need to keep it simple if they want to make it to the playoffs? <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers press conference simple. is awesome. I was listening it's to it on my car ride home I think it's on the Packers radio network, and I'm like, 
He said it again. He said it again. He said it again. And that's why I think we need to simplify things. It was very simple things. Oh. Grant, what does that mean? Then we need to simplify. What does simplifying it mean? I don't know. I don't know. I talked about it on my show yesterday, and I said, hey, here's what we need to simplify. Aaron Jones is really good, and he's not getting the ball enough. That's a very simple thing that we can address and fix. I mean, Evo, for three of their six games this year, they've simply forgotten about Aaron Jones. How is that possible? How does that happen, right? So I guess I agree with the simplicity in in that. It's like they have some good players, and they're not maximizing them, both on offense and defense. So just help your best players play better. Sorry, just- Aaron Jones. It's so frustrating for me. Uh, this first time Lafleur has won a loss of excuse me back to back games in the same regular season. So Grant, you look at this Packers team. Are Rowdy's not hitting the panic button? Rowdy's at a four out of ten. Correct, Rowdy. Four out of ten. I'm like a I'm like a five good. six out of ten for panicking. Like where's Grant? That's, a, that's at? a good number. That's, that was a good number. It shows that it's not time to panic yet, but the potential to actually panic might be there in a couple of weeks. It's creeping so, up so, on yeah, me. It's a it's a creeper. Number. It's a creeper. It's creeper. Well, well, yeah. Well, here's the thing, Evo. And Rowdy, you guys both have good numbers, and I think you'll get this. Like, they should win next week at Washington. I have a hard time believing they won't after what they've done the last three weeks. So, assuming they win next week, assuming they get clocked in Buffalo, they're 500, and now you have to go to Detroit and win a game to get above 500. Like, there's just not a reasonable world in which the team gets above 500 for almost a month. So, I'm not saying we have to panic, but we have to realize, like, they've let a lot of winnable games sneak by them uh, and a lot of opportunities. And this is the easy part of the schedule, Grant. Yes, yes, Evo, exactly, exactly. So that's not to say that they won't play better football in a month or two months. I think they will, but they've let so many winnable games pass them by this month, and that's going to be tough. Although maybe, who knows, I don't think the NFC North is very good, and the NFC, obviously, no one's winning games. So maybe it doesn't matter, but I don't know. It's tough to see New England, New York, New York go by you on your schedule. Two of those games at home, one in London where you had a home crowd, and you go one and three barely. Mm, That's mm, tough. Mm, 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 mm. It is tough. So uh, I heard uh, Willie Mikes yesterday saying that he he says the NFC North is out of question now. The NFC North is lost. The Packers aren't going to win it. Yeah. I, I heard as I was bored up yesterday because young Ben Kenny was coming back from Philly. I heard that, and I was like, oh, that's an interesting conversation. Uh, Grant Bills, <laughs> huh. uh, you are a little closer to Minnesota, uh, one of our – Regular listeners and <laughs> yeah. and a regular listener for you, our beloved Eric on I ninety. Love Eric on I ninety. Uh, he's a Vikings fan. He called in this morning to my uh, great program, and he said, you know, loving my Vikings at five and one, but I'm getting a little nervous. Essentially, yeah. he's like, I'm, I'm, you know. And then I said, yeah, we've seen this movie play out. It's the Minnesota Vikings. You're a little closer, to Minnesota. You got the little pulse on the Vikings nation over there more than I do here in Madison. Is there inevitability of the Vikings collapsing in the air out there in the Lacrosse, Minnesota area, uh, or can the Packers, you know? crap down their leg or just get it done? What does Grant Bills think? Well, first of all, I appreciate you pointing that out. I'm all over the pulse of the Minnesota Vikings heartbeat over here. They're just closer. I'm, I'm They're just closer. This team. Yeah, I'm, I'm dialed in. I think the Packers and the Vikings are, I think they're very, very similar. Like, the Vikings have won a couple of games against bad teams, like the Dolphins. I didn't watch much of that game on Sunday, but I do follow a lot of Vikings people on Twitter, and I was reading about the game, and I, I skipped back and forth. And they were never really that impressive. The Dolphins just stink without Tua, right? They're just in a really tough spot. And then in London, right, they barely squeaked it out against the Saints, and they probably should have lost the Lions at home. So, yes, the Vikings are 5-1, and one, and that is obviously a record that I wish my Packers had. The Packers have had some games against bad opponents, too, and they just they haven't been able to win. So I, I can't completely chalk the Vikings' record up to easy opponents because if that were true, the Packers would have the same record, and they don't. Um, Ah, man, last week I talked to a coworker and I was, he's a Vikings fan and 
I, I was telling him, the Packers are still going to win the division, buddy. Like, you can talk smack. Hell yeah. I, I feel like the Packers are going to win the division. I'm not sure after the Jets game. I'm not sure. I, I don't think the division's over by any means. No, I will not no. agree with our our uh, our friend Willie Mikes, as you called him. But uh, but it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. But I don't think it's over. No, not at all. Especially when you still play head to head one more time. And it's and only that, that would be six. Just yeah, that would make it just straight up right there. You're only down one game, and then it's one to one. Plus, we haven't seen the Packers play their best football yet. You could argue that Minnesota, like you said, is. Uh, winning games maybe yeah. that they're not that impressive i just have a hard time when this time of year people say the division's over or look at the eagles won the other night the nfc the nfc is going to go through philly or the bills like the bills locked up the one seed. It's like guys it's week six yeah. you know how this goes right <laughs> he has a, a bad month a lot of football really different a lot of football yeah. left grant bills hey grant yeah yeah who are you cheering for in the mlb playoffs anyone uh the Padres, because they don't make the Brewers look dumb. <laughs> yeah, the that's, Padres win. That's what I was thinking, yeah. too. Like, go go Padres so you can... Ugh, it makes me sick, but at the same yeah. time, just shove it by in the, the Brewers' faces. By the way, really quickly, yeah. really quickly, Major League Baseball screwed the pooch big time last night. Oh, yeah. We're all distracted with football, but that was bad. No, they're doing it for the Yankees. They're trying to get the Yankees to go as far as they can. Oh. Grant? Oh, my God, it's done. We'll check you out tonight, brother. We love you so much. Hey guys, thank you for having me on. I miss you. I very much. Look hey, sorry to I denied you the the ability to meet up with me Sunday for a beer. I was just I was I was in. I was nested in. He was, was going nested. through it. No, 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 no. You don't apologize to me. I have people ask me to hang out, and I said, you know what? I'm just home, and I don't want to leave now. Yeah, so, Sunday is the day for the wife and I to just kind of you know just 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 get nice and cozy, do a little meal prep, return, return to center. Yeah, return to center on Sunday. Yeah. Align but the I do G. miss you guys. I hope I get to see you soon for one, for one reason or another. Thank you for having me on. Grant, office. come down to a, a tailgate. There's a few left. You can sleep on my couch. Yeah, oh, don't tempt me with a good time. I'm there. Grant, we, <laughs> we love you, buddy. See you, gentlemen. See you, Have honey. an excellent day. Bye-bye. There he is. Grant Bill's Wisco Sports Show, 4 to 6 on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Since Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, time to get to the Packers. So there's a funny narrative that's always being painted uh, ever since, I guess, Mike McCarthy was fired, maybe even a little before that, of how Aaron Rodgers isn't a team player, how he's a, a coach killer, he's a malcontent, he's someone that will never listen, he can't be coached, he runs things the way he wants them to be run, he doesn't listen to a single individual uh, about it. And he, he's such a bad man because he told his family to F off. Well, Rowdy, uh, making its rounds again. So after the um, Packers lost to the Giants, the first time that uh, under Matt LaFleur they lost back-to-back games in the same regular season, uh, Aaron Rodgers said he wanted to simplify the offense. He wanted to simplify the offense. So he did that Sunday. Then yesterday on the podium, Matt LaFleur, he had his turn to talk uh, to the media here in Green Bay, and he uh, made some comments about Rodgers' comments. So... Before I play the full clip of Matt LaFleur, we did play some of Rodgers yesterday. There was a supercut going around like the ESPNs, the CBS Sports, uh, even some of the, the the local guys who cover the Packers specifically. Well, there were some in New York that think they're God's gift to Packers coverage when they're out in New York, but they still cover the Packers. But they were even running with this narrative. So here's uh, the supercut. They spliced Rodgers and they spliced LaFleur. Uh, listen to the creative editing that they have here. So it goes from Rogers and then it goes to LaFleur. In fact, um, 
Peter Bukowski, he tweeted this out uh, yesterday because he hates Aaron Rodgers. He's always on the anti-Aaron Rodgers train. says, Aaron Rodgers says he wants to simplify the offense. When Matt LaFleur is asked about it, he says this. And now I'll play the clip that uh, was making his rounds yesterday. Take a listen. What, what do you need to do? Simpler. Simpler. Let's simplify some things. Matt, were you uh, surprised to, to hear how much Aaron wants to simplify the offense yesterday? Uh, I don't know what that means. Clip ends right there. Now, if you weren't to go into it and uh, actually, you know, Look into what it is that's being force-fed down your throat. What, what's your takeaway from just that clip, Rowdy? Well, obviously it would be Aaron Rodgers saying, hey, we need to simplify this, and Matt LaFleur coming back saying, I don't know what that means, or like I don't know how we're going to make it more simple. Like, As in, like it's something that we can't do, it's already simple. You wouldn't perceive it as them trying to paint it that Matt LaFleur is kind of in, there's a, a rift between the two. It's like, I don't know what that means. You don't take it that way? I took it more when I heard it more as like, he's like, I don't know how we're it's, it was LaFleur saying, I don't know how we would make it more simple. That's so, why he said, I don't know what that means. The perception I that I have of all this is, is the media trying to paint that there's a riff between the two or a growing riff that they don't, they're disjointed on offense. And Matt LaFleur is saying, I don't know what that means about Aaron Rodgers talking about simplification of the offense. Simpler. Simpler. Let's simplify some things. Matt, were you uh, surprised to, to hear how much Aaron wants to simplify the offense yesterday? Uh, I don't know what that means. So there's they had it right there. And then all of a sudden, uh, they have the CBS Sports, ESPN, the Peter Bukowski's of the world uh, tweeting this out um, without the video, just the quote saying, I don't know what that means, end quote. And then it's all a crap storm of them trying to stir up this little pot that Rodgers and LaFleur have different visions of this offense. LaFleur doesn't know what Rodgers is talking about. Rodgers doesn't know what LaFleur is talking about. And they go on and on and on. Well, if you actually go to Packers.com or you listen to the podium interview with Matt LaFleur yesterday, there's a little more to the story. I'm going to play it for you. Here's LaFleur up on the podium as uh, he takes questions. surprised to hear how much Aaron wants to simplify the offense yesterday. Um. I don't know what that means. So, uh, no, we talked about it. It's just any time that there's a lack of execution, and certainly we got to coach better, no doubt about it. We've got to put our guys in better positions. Um, just communication from top down and then out on the field, uh, you know, has got to be better. We got to get everybody on the same page. And then to me, it's, it's more about digging at the details of what we're doing. Huh. Interesting how it's painted that Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur might have a rift growing with this offense that has been struggling. But then LaFleur goes in detail about how they've been talking about it, want to address it, needs to coach better, got to execute better. He goes on and on and on to talk about how this offense needs to change. It's not a rift growing between the two. It's them trying to figure it out. Two guys that work together every day who both have a say in the offense. It's hilarious how they try to paint Rodgers in a picture uh, of negative light, more from LaFleur. I think you could see that, and it, it falls on everybody. Um, certainly, uh, you know, again, it always starts with us as coaches trying to do a better job of getting guys to understand all the little intricacies because I think that's really what separates a lot of plays in this, in this league. And um, it really doesn't matter what we do sch- schematically, 
we if we don't block better, it's hard to do anything. And I think that was the number one issue yesterday. So there you go. He actually goes into detail over it. And then these same reporters that go on and on to try and paint this light, this paint this narrative uh, that these two guys are riffing with each other or starting to. Uh, then there's this from Peter Bukowski, a tweet, uh, after he's trying to insert the pot here of these two guys you know, not being on the same page. He goes, I can't get over the fact that the Packers fired Mike McCarthy in part because Rodgers was sick of his bleep. But after three 13-win seasons and two MVPs playing in Matt LaFleur's offense, Rodgers still has a death grip on wanting to play McCarthy ball. I mean, these are the people that cover the Packers that want you to believe what they say. So they paint a narrative, they paint a light of these two not getting along with the offense and then go on to say that Rodgers is on a death grip of playing McCarthy ball. 608-321-1670. Aaron Jones was asked, what does Rodgers mean by simplification of the offense? Uh, listen to the running back here. Uh, probably not. I guess there's a lot of nuances within the offense, so uh, probably just, I guess, take some of that out. But, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I got I to gotta ask him. Or we, everybody, we got to sit down and have that. Everybody, as an offense, got to sit down and have that talk. Does it feel like you guys have been coming into games with a heavy game plan? Um, no, not, not, not myself, but I've also been here for a while, so... Uh, I don't see how others view it, so I guess I, I'd have to ask them, ask them as well. He's I like, don't know. It almost sounds like he doesn't think it's that. No. He's like, yo, man, uh, last time we lost against the Jets, I said that I would get two yards into the end zone, and you guys like chastised me in the media over it, saying that I was being you know, malcontent and stepping out of line with the team. So I'm going to sound like he's like, I'm going to be very careful with my words. It also didn't sound like he thought that the offense was that complicated. No. Uh, Matt LaFleur talked. been here for a while, but. <laughs> uh, Matt LaFleur also talks about how him and Rodgers, they always have an agreement on a plan. They always meet together and they decide. Take a listen. Every week when we go through a plan, we are 100% going into the game on the same page. Like there's nothing that we put in when we put in a game plan without having some communication with him. Because I don't want to put it in. If he doesn't feel good about it or uneasy about it, you know, obviously you always want your quarterback to be comfortable and confident in, in the plan. I think that's where it starts. Yeah, and LaFleur continues on saying they don't want to confuse their players, and maybe they are confusing them a little bit. That's why Rogers said to keep it simple stuff. I'm with that. We don't want to do that. We don't just do it to do it. Maybe it's to disguise a play that we really like that we've, we've ran a bunch. There's many reasons why you do it, but we're never going to do it just for the sake of doing it. Because I do think there's a balance there. Because when you do that, it also will slow down your tempo to some degree as well. All right, so LaFleur also said yesterday, I mean, they had plenty of chances. They just, again, it's and this is like a broken record every freaking week. Well, well, the past two weeks when they've lost, and even in some ugly wins, that they just had their chances didn't execute. If you don't execute to the level that which you're capable of, that's what it looks like. And, I mean, that was a pretty poor offensive performance. We had opportunities where we were in scoring position multiple times in that game. And when it came down to some of those critical downs or just some situations, we went backwards when we got into that field goal range area. So then the floor talked about, too, I mean, this group of players that they have, now the trade deadline is nearing in about two weeks here. Um, You saw what... um, 
Robbie Anderson get traded to the Cardinals yesterday after Hollywood Brown suffered an ankle injury, going to be done for a while. They get DeAndre Hopkins back. You have Deshaun Jackson meeting now with the Ravens. Uh, some wide receivers out there that you know we've heard fans and, and other you know cheeseheads talking about wanting to come to Green Bay. Well, they might be getting scooped up. But Lafleur talks about. Do they have a good feeling about this group of players that they have? Can they turn it around? I believe in the guys we have in that locker room. I think it, it's our job to try to make sure that we're doing everything in our power to put them in position to maximize their talents. And certainly did not do a good enough job of that yesterday. And we got to look at everything that we're doing and what we're asking of guys and try to put them in a position where they can have success. So I guess keep it simple. We're going to simplify the offense a little more. All right. Well, interesting comments we were talking about. In the 7 o'clock hour, I heard it on another show about the NFC North. All right, so I was listening to uh, a different show yesterday, and I heard uh, the host say that the division is already out of question. Uh, already conceding the division to the Minnesota Vikings, who sit at 5-1. and one. We just literally finished week six of the NFL and the division is already being conceded to some Packer fans saying they just hope and pray have their fingers crossed that it's a wild card as the Vikings are five and one the Packers are three and three Bears are two and four and the Lions are one and four now if you look at the schedule the Packers did lose to the Vikings week one uh 23 to 7 they then beat the Bears after that 27 to 10 and then the Bucks and now they've obviously lost the last two Rowdy is the division People already conceding the division as it's week six just concluded. Is what kind of lunacy are we hearing uh, out here in the in the ether? Yeah, that's that's pretty wild to me, especially when you look at the teams on paper and you could say if you got everyone playing to the level that you believed that they should play at, that the Packers are clearly the best roster out here, especially in the NFC North. Mm-hmm. But there's 11 games left. <laughs> a lot can happen. He plays. There's 17 games now in an NFL season. There's 11 games left as the Packers have played six. The Vikings have played six. Mm-hmm. A now, lot can happen in 11 games. We talk about how the Green Bay Packers have had some injuries. Then the whole Vikings team could get injured in the next two weeks. And then what happens? And then all of a sudden, uh, the Vikings could be doing their inevitable slide. Exactly. And we know that Minnesota, we we knew coming into the season that Minnesota was going to be the second best team in this division. They had Constance coming back. They had Kirk Cousins, who, no matter what you think about him, he's a pretty solid quarterback. He's not five, He's not a top five quarterback, but he's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Delvin Cook is arguably a top five running back in the league. Justin Jefferson is arguably a top five receiver in the league. Like you had some pieces still on that defense. It's not like it's a defense that is a top 10 defense in the league, but you still have some real players on there. Harrison Smith is still the captain of that defense. Anthony Barr, Kendricks, they still play. Yep, they they definitely do. They're still there. Now, they might not be peak what they used to be, but they're still pretty darn good players. Indeed they are. The Vikings team was, remember late into the team totals, for wins and, and all that. The Vikings came on really strong in Vegas with people taking a lot of money on the Vikings to win the N- NFC North, to make the playoffs, to do this. So there were a lot of people that late this summer liked Minnesota. 
I wasn't that high on Minnesota, but you can understand why Minnesota would be decent. You can understand why Minnesota would be right on the precipice of like a playoff spot. And I, I still think they are. You, I mean, look at Minnesota. They're five and one. Obviously they're in first place. But when we talk about some of these teams that have good records, is Minnesota maybe a little fraudulent? I don't know. I mean, look at who they've played. They beat Green Bay. Well, I don't think Green Bay really tried to win it on that, game. that first game. Some people would agree with me. Others would say you're crazy. They got absolutely dismantled by the Eagles, who appear to be the best team in the NFL so far this season. Undefeated. Never lost. They had to come back and win at the last second against Detroit. <laughs> when Detroit <laughs> won that, that game. game for most of the game. Should have won that game. Again, had to come back and kick a game-winning field goal against the Saints. It was a double doink in their favor. The Saints are not a very good football team. Bears stink. It came down to basically the last few minutes of that Bears game. The Bears suck. The Vikings found a way to win. And then the at this point, when they're taking on the Dolphins, they were playing their third-string quarterback. Yeah. Ask Skyler Thompson. As Packer fans... You should know the drop-off between QB1 and QB3. I don't even care if you think Tua is average. That's a hell of a drop-off. They've had a lot of things go their way. Remember last year we were talking about the Detroit Lions and and the Minnesota Vikings. Both of those teams played a ton of close games, and the Detroit Lions ended up being on the wrong end of like almost every single close game. Yeah. But if you flip that around, they would have had one of the better records. Yeah. Minnesota was one of those teams too, that they played a ton of close games. They're winning them this year. Now, again, what if, what if they would have missed the field goal and not have won against the saints? What if they didn't come back and score a touchdown against Detroit? Say that they just didn't come back and win half those games. I think you look at this team quite a bit differently if they were three and three. Totally. I mean, the Packers, the Packers, it's the panic button's not being hit. They have time to figure it out. And they listen, I have some good news with, with wide receivers coming up. So, well, let's just look at the Vikings, uh, the Vikings schedule coming up. So they play Arizona. They have, so they have a bye this week. Mm-hmm. They play Arizona, the commanders, but they play at Buffalo. Yep. They play the Cowboys. And the Cowboys should have Dak by then. They will. The Patriots, the the Packers might have got lucky when they played the Patriots. Yeah, Billy Zappi is just getting rolling. That boy balling. They play the Jets, Lions, Colts, we'll Giants, Giants. At the Packers. What are the Giants? You know, at the Bears. Yep. And there's there's a couple games in there. There's no way you can say that this division is over. No, there's no this no no. The season it's week is, six. The season is only a third of the way done. Week six just started. Uh, let's go to the phones quick before break. Line one. Good morning. Meow. Meow. Here, kitty, 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 kitty. Here, kitty, 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 kitty. Hey, Did Dave. Hey, Dave from Monona. Did I hear? What if? What if? What if? You did. Isn't that what, isn't that what I heard? Uh, the Bobsy twins, Nelson and uh, Ryan, I mean, and RJ tell me after I told them, well, what if Craig, uh, Alan didn't have a 96-yard run? What if they didn't have a 90-yard 90, 90 interception return? What if? What if? Dave, what if your aunt had balls? She'd be your uncle. No, she'd be my sex toy. That's called incest. Oh, is that the only way you can get it? Take it. That's well, that well, took a, that took a dark turn. I did not expect. Well, you started it. I was doing the what <laughs> if, not the you, know, no. you banging your aunt. 
Good thing it doesn't work, Dave. Hey, you know, before I get my comment, I always wondered the anytime drink. You know, you the Bloody around, Mary, the anytime drink. Yeah, I know. You sit around. Who came up with the, with the word cocktail? I, Probably I, your I aunt what, or uncle. <laughs> I was thinking about that last night going, cocktail. What do you, do you sit around watching a rooster? Any old cocktail? But anyway. I Maybe just, they weren't watching a rooster today. Maybe they're watching something else. Yeah. But Alfred Warren, you know, I go, how's he called the word cocktail? You know, no, I've never thought of that before. As um, the Packers thing, you notice the last two days, everybody's talking about the offense. It's the defense people that gave up 24 points in the, the second half. Wrong. 17 Wrong. points. Yes. Wrong. Was the score, was the score three to three at halftime? Wrong. It, it was three what? to three at halftime. You're correct. Yeah. Or, uh, points the Giants Dave, in the fourth quarter. Dave, the defense right. really didn't. It, the Packers gifted them great field position by turnovers, oh, and then also if? the special team. It's not what if, it's oh. what happened. And then the special teams also gave up seven points. Plus, plus the points in the, the fourth quarter. The offense stinks. That ain't going to change, Nelson. I mean, they're not going to win the division. They're not going to win the playoffs. What? All of a sudden, you're going to sprinkle fairy dust on receivers? And they're going to be able to beat man to man defenses. Well, that's going to change all of a sudden. Rodgers is already whining about motion and pre step motion, and he's complaining about that already. The offense stinks. It's not going to change. You don't think the you don't think the receiver room can get better? How? It's six games. If, Nelson, if I can't beat you man to man today, what's going to change tomorrow? If you have kicked my ass six games in a row and I can't beat you off the ball. Or off the dribble. What, all of a sudden it's going to change? Here's here's your receiver room. Alan Lazard has missed time. Sammy Watkins has missed time. Randall Cobb has missed time. Christian Watson has missed time. You don't think... But they can't beat anybody up. But they still can't. You can't beat anybody when you're on the sidelines. I agree. But even when you're there, Alan Lazard said... What did Alan Lazard say? Lazard had a sick touchdown catch uh, against the Jets. What are you saying? We we can't beat man-to-man defense. What's going to change if you're? I'm not saying the, the wide receivers are some stud room, but I'm saying there is there is a lot of room to get better and to grow. Especially Ow. Watson didn't get to play preseason because he cleaned his knee out. And he's now all of a sudden he's got a hamstring. If you can get him healthy, yeah, he's yeah, a, yeah. Well, yeah, well, that's what t- it's all speculation. Uh, you can't predict roster. injuries. Yes, yes. They also he, do get healthy, Dave. I mean. The, the, do you get they do. They do. Okay, when okay, you're missing some time, like wh- why do you think Christian Watson is sitting out to get less healthy? It's to get healthier with his hamstring. Same and as Sammy Watkins. When he was playing full time, what did they do with him? Nothing. What did Rodgers do with Watson when he played full time? I mean, they dropped the 72 yard pass for him the opening play of Week One, and he would he dropped it. He scored play. some he, touchdowns. David. I don't even saw that or not. And there have he, been times where he actually has been open. Now, again, I'm not saying Watson is this great receiver that all of a sudden it's Justin Jefferson 2.0. But when you can't, when you have these guys that can't stay healthy and you have other guys that are are supposed to be young that are growing, but they can't get on the field, well, clearly you have an issue at wide receiver. But to say that they're not going to get any better, that's ridiculous. Last time I checked, the Giants have no receivers. They're five or one. (laughs) Tampa Bay had no receivers. I mean, look at these teams are playing. They, they, they have no receivers and they're winning. Okay, you just brought up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dave. The Packers beat them. They're three and three. They're the same record as the Packers. And the Packers beat them on the road yeah. as underdogs. 
but the Giants, the Giants had no receivers. Who the hell is Jets got? Oh, hey, by guy, the way, Wilson. Dave, you like this? The Giants did run Wildcat against the Packers. That's right, baby. Kitty, 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 kitty. What if? What if? What if? What if? The up and nuts. Hey. I mean, you've already, you've already, I've already kicked your ass. I, I wanted the best of the Packers don't even make the playoffs. But you want, well, is this a bet? Well, is this a bet? No, not yet. Okay. Yeah, you got to see what happens. When they get beat by uh, Washington, they're going to lose to Buffalo. They're going to lose to Miami. They're going to lose to Philadelphia. And they're going to lose to Detroit. There's four losses. Already you've got seven losses. <laughs> Dave, you're doing some what-ifs right now, by the way. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, you old bastard. Meow. Hey, Dave, before I let you go, uh, yeah. Saturday, Wisconsin-Purdue, what do you think? Well, they're going to lose, of course. <laughs> I, I try to tell you guys you know, who they're going to beat the rest of the year. It's so nice to see Leonard you know, play tough guy on the, on the radio. If you don't like it, you know, I, I want to know who, I wonder who's with me, who's against us. You know, if you don't like it, there's a transfer portal. Tough guy, tough guy, Leonard, huh? <laughs> <laughs> tough guy, Leonard. Dave, yeah. Dave, never change. We love you. We didn't move the ball very effectively. We didn't run it very well. Aaron took way too many hits. I think he got hit eight times, sacked four times. We had too many drop balls. Had some costly penalties. You know, we, we finally break a long run and we get called for a hold. So there's a lot of things that we have to do better collectively. It's not just one person. It's not just one position group. It's everybody. Matt LaFleur on the Packers' loss to the New York Jets at Lambeau. First time losing back-to-back games in the same regular season. No loser here, though. A winner, Mike Clemens. Good morning, Mike. Morning. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm doing great, Mike. I mean, I'm trying to get these losses over the weekend out of my mind. You know, the guys in green, the Spartans, and then the Jets. Just trying to forget about it. I'm, I'm good. Ignorance is bliss sometimes. You're not looking for a transfer portal, are you? I mean, <laughs> no, I'm sticking this one out, Mike. I'm it's sticking like everybody it out. in Madison's doing that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hang on around here and then see it through. Good, good. Uh, have you guys talked about Aaron Rodgers after the game saying, "Here's what we we need to simplify this offense." Oh yeah, we've we've been talking about it a lot. And then Lafleur comes out and he says, "I don't know what he means," you know. Yeah. And then the, they go back and forth. Listen. I think that's a non-story. Oh, it totally is. Because Lafleur went on for like a minute longer after that to talk about what simplification, meeting, and you know having a plan together and all that. And then Mike, there was also an Aaron Jones clip we had where he kind of seemed confused. He's like, "Well, it already seems kind of simple. I've been here for a while, but <laughs> yeah." Well, Aaron Jones is a very, very smart running back. I, I he impressed me his rookie year. He scored a touchdown in preseason. I went back to the auxiliary locker room to talk to this kid, and I said, well, you know, what did you see on them? Because I thought he made a really smart move just before the snap to sort of adjust and find a gap on about a three- or four-yard run. And when he told me, well, before the snap, I saw the linebacker move over there, and then I saw this, and then our, when our tight end moved like this, then I figured the guard's got to go like, I'm like, oh, my God. Do you think oh he beat? God. Do you think he beat Lafleur in some kind of like trivia pursuit or something, or some trivia night, and that's why Lafleur won't play him right now because he like he's so smart that he embarrassed Lafleur's brain or something? Aaron Jones? Yeah. Oh, I don't know about trivial pursuit. I'm just saying Aaron Jones is one of the best running backs of all the guys I've talked to. That's so good at the X's and O's. Yeah, that's why I'm curious why they don't use him more. Like maybe he's in the doghouse with Lafleur because he beat him in some kind of like trivia game because oh, he's so smart. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Probably.
probably. On some game night or something, you know? No, he probably brought some peppers back from El Paso and little Fleur ate them. And, you know, and he he had, said his eyebrows weren't uh, up, to, you know, up to snuff, probably. Yeah, well, it burned his eyebrows. Yeah. So whatever the case, I think, listen, things are just fine between Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. I think Aaron Rodgers is very articulate. I think Aaron Rodgers is standing up there, and he knows how to handle everything. I saw him prep. I saw him prep at his locker with the you know his PR guy Tom before he went out from the team before he went out and talked to the press. So I you know he was going to be careful on how he wanted to position this situation because he knows it's going to go national. But we'll we'll get to what the what the real thing that Aaron Rodgers is talking about yeah. there in a sec because I got a I got a bingo out of this yesterday. Bingo. The first thing is. You're watching that game, and you know by the third quarter, it's like, well, I don't need to rewatch this one tonight or on Monday because the the offensive line is just getting their asses kicked on every snap. It's unbelievable, and I didn't see through the binoculars some of the changes that were going on, but I just thought that this was a motivational thing, and I knew that Robert Salah was going to bring pressure uh, because, and he gets. He gets everybody to the football. I remember watching the 49ers in preseason uh, in the year that they would eventually go all the way to the Super Bowl, and I couldn't believe how hard his guys were playing. And he, he doesn't seem like a crazy man, you know, like he's trying to break the, break the rules or anything. But yet, the way he motivates these guys, uh, even in the preseason, to hit and hit hard and hit again and get helmets to the football – and John Lynch, when he that was his GM out in uh, with the 49ers, would get all these big guys, you know. And I and I've been in that locker room with when DeForest Buckner was still there, or Eric Armstead, who's six foot seven, you know, or you know even uh, you know their left tackles that would be like six or six foot seven or so, uh, big guys. Uh, and I walked through that Jets locker room Sunday afternoon after the game, and it's like. Well, these guys aren't that big. I mean, you know, it's like six three, three hundred pounds, two eighty eight is you know is another one. This kid that they've got on the outside, um, it's like. So how do these guys take it? So first of all, as I was taken by the motivation of this team and how fired up they were to go into Lambeau and to knock off the Packers and go to four to two. And Robert Salah was asked by one of the New York reporters. What did you say to these guys to get them so fired up for this Packers game? Um, you know, it, um, the, the mindset to go 60 minutes and, uh, and to give them 60% more and just keep giving them body blow after body blow after body blow and just keep hitting them, keep hitting them in the mouth. O-line, just keep pushing and just keep leaning on them. And we felt like if we can just keep taking them down to deep water, they'll find out they can't swim. Mike, I love that quote. In fact, we used that quote uh, a month or so ago. Do you remember who Billy Blanks? You don't know who Billy Blanks is, the Tybo guy? No. Right, well, there's this big martial artist guy who did the Tybo, the infomercials back in the 90s. He was walking around these hallways. We got him in, and we were going to ask, because uh, Rowdy fancied himself, fancied himself you know, rolling around some jujitsu, and we asked, uh, could Billy Blanks, if Rowdy ran him into deep water, could he swim? Then he came yeah. in here, and he's a cut-up machine. So Robert Sala, I love the closer man. Didn't he call his guys to a, a ball of knives? What did he, he call those guys? He, he called his linebackers uh, a no, his defensive line a rolling ball of butcher knives. That's what we it love was. those guys. Yeah. We love those. Good guys. sayings from Sala. So and 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 you know he's talking about like 
Um, I mean, some of the like Jermaine Johnson didn't even play in this game. He's got Carl Lawson back, where the Achilles in in the joint practices up in Green Bay. But Quinnen Williams, he's like six three, three hundred, but he's just in their face. And uh, C.J. Mosley's got the veteran there, keeping these guys in line. And uh, Quincy Williams, I talked to uh, for the network, you know, at linebacker. It's just they're just they're playing with their hair on fire, and uh, and 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 um, what's that, what's that other guy that they've got? Oh, John Franklin Myers. He's he's their defensive end, and he's like 288. He looks more like a like a linebacker, not a defensive lineman. So it's that, and then you start going around in that locker room, and you talk to guys like. Uh, Sauce Gardner, who, okay, so he, you know he comes in at the top of the draft, and you know his nickname is Sauce, and he's all the bling, and so uh, C.J. Mosley, the veteran linebacker, when he got into camp, he said, "We're all calling this kid Ahmad. That's his real name, and we're not going to call him Sauce until he does something for real in a regular <laughs> season game." So now they're calling him Sauce after yeah. he got his pick yeah. and some other plays like that. So they, you know, they've got some good stuff like that going on. Now I'm walking past these guys because they're doing interviews for the TV back in New York, and it's a real narrow hallway to get from the main media area back into the visitors' locker room because I got to talk to them before I run down and start talking to the Packers uh, on the post game. And so he's down there talking to this woman, and she's asking him a couple questions, and he he was asked by her. Um, what was it like to play in Lambeau Field? And he said that, you know, because the, the Packer fans are so good at keeping quiet when Rodgers is under center, that actually helped them with their communication on the Jets' defense. Oh, yeah, it was, it was excellent. You know, and that's, that's what's great about this field. This is my first time being here, but it was, it was quiet when we was on defense. So, like, everybody was able to communicate, you know, and uh, be on the same page. What was Coach Sala's message to the team in the locker room after the win today? Uh, <clears throat> they chose us. When you go play foot, when you go play in London, you can pick if you want to buy week right after, or you can pick, you know, what team you want to play. And they picked the play, they picked us. So, you know, they thought they was gonna get the same old Jets, but you know, we came out there today and dominated. This is crazy, Mike. I mean, it literally came back to bite the Packers in the ass via bulletin board material. Bulletin board material. I mean, you know, it, you can't help but get fired up by some of those things that the Jets are talking about, and you got to give credit to Sala, yeah. you know, LaFleur's best friend, because that kind of language ain't win or loss, 15-game, you know, a streak of wins at Lambeau Field. That's not coming out of the Packers' locker room. <laughs> That's just not the way they're playing it. Now, technically, let's talk about how the Jets were able to get all that pressure on Rodgers. It was actually four sacks, nine hits in his face, interest through much of the game and john runyon the left guard solid player his old man you know played for the eagles all those years um he said that the packers offensive line has struggled this year with defensive stunts when like a defensive end switches with a tight with a defensive lineman or maybe you know they do do with a linebacker they have struggled with that they had not fixed it and he said the Jets took advantage of that. We've been struggling stunts uh, throughout the season so far, and uh, only getting that third down situation. Uh, they they know how to work the stunts. They really game plan that, and 
I, I don't think that at times we, you know, we were getting picked off here and there. I don't think we were using our proper techniques and you know, knowing the situation when it's third and long, knowing that they're going to be uh, something like that. And um, I don't know. I, th- I think we just overall, you know, me myself included, we just got to be better with our hands, better with our feet, our weight distribution, and you know, they're catching us and uh, didn't turn out too well. Someone needs to teach them how to stunt. Uh, stunt 101, Mike. They got called G Unit. That's crazy to me. Like the, the Packers, they look like they were like lost all game with that. So they have been struggling. Mightily. If Aaron Rodgers is saying, "Listen, I ain't got time to do triple fakes because my offensive line can't figure out if there's a stunt," you know, does Royce Newman? He's supposed. Okay, now what do I do? Do I take the inside guy? Do I take the outside guy? You know, what are the rules? That what I'm supposed to do with what they're showing me? That's what's confusing, particularly to some of these younger guards, or, you know, even if, if Yash Nyman's in there, uh, Elton Jenkins still trying to get used to the right tackle position, uh, or Josh Myers, you know, he hasn't played a full 16 games yet at center because of his injury last year. And how about John Runyon, Jr., who got a letter from the NFL saying, hey, <laughs> we're fining you five grand for leg-whipping a guy against the Giants in London, and the letter is signed, John Runyon Sr., love dad. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is the guy who makes these determinations. Of course, everybody was given Runyon Sr. crap uh, the week of the Buccaneers yeah, game because Mike Evans got into that fight, uh-huh. right? And it was, it was John Runyon Jr.'s dad who had to say, you're suspended for a game, you were fighting, you know, you're out <laughs> for the game against the Packers. But talking to this left guard, Runyon, then you say, okay, well then, you know, has the Packers' offensive line and the coaches has Luke Butkus corrected teams that can attack them with these kinds of defensive stunts? It's just a technique issue. I think our communication in the past, pro, we we know what they're doing when they line up in the front. And uh, like I said, it was definitely it was definitely a game plan. We've shown it; it hasn't really bit us uh, this season like it has in this past game. And you know, we, we just weren't ready for it. We haven't gotten it fixed. And uh, watching battle, watching it on film, um, like I said, it's a reality check. And we know what we have to do now. Man, I've, I've been hearing this a lot with these losses and even the ugly wins. Like, we know what we have to do and we got to fix it, yada, yada, yada. It's, do they? Do they know? It's been pretty disappointing so far this season, Mike. Well, Runyon said, you know, a year and a half into his career that this was his worst game by far. So, I mean... That's that's the out-coaching part. That's where Salah sees where the weaknesses are, draws up a game plan, makes it simple enough so that his Jets defensive line gets it. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers spends the whole afternoon looking at Quinn Williams in his face as opposed to having time to stand back there and look and look and look and, and throw the football. So, um, I, you know, but when you talk about simplification, though, this is the stuff that they have to correct on the offensive line because now it's bulletin board material for, you know, Ron Rivera and the, you know, commanders and anybody else that they're going to play in the next couple of weeks. So then the other thing is just, you know, what's going on in the locker room? I mean, are there some of these guys after all the wins they had last year or actually the last three years, are they working as hard as they should? Are they working as hard as a guy like Aaron Jones who just works even harder, he gets the big contract, he doesn't miss an OTA, at least all the ones that I went to. There he was every day. And so you ask him, you know, 
How can guys step it up in this locker room? Just be a little bit from everybody, and that's uh, whether it's somebody speaking up or uh, their actions on the field or um, them getting in the playbook a little bit more or taking care of their bodies a little bit more. So um, whatever it needs to be, but we all just got to put in that effort. Yeah, it's uh, interesting times right now, Mike. They're especially in the easy part of the schedule. Uh, we all perceived it as, and they're getting some losses. Let's say uh, hopefully someone steps up and be a big vocal commander in, uh, this week in practice and then gets it done Sunday against the commanders. Yeah, you, you just lost to a team that's had a losing record for five or six years, and suddenly the Jets are up to 4-2, and two, and now the next three games for the Green Bay – are all on the road. Yeah. Hey, Mike, uh, before I let you go, you know, are you familiar with uh, Seinfeld? Yes, sir. You know when George Costanza is working for the Yankees and he goes down there and he teaches the guys how to bat? Yeah. I need yeah. I need you next Packers practice teaching those guys how to stunt. Okay, Mike? Sure. Yeah, right. I'll, yeah. All right, you yeah, got the, it? All right, you got my, it. My, the, yeah, my quickness will just dazzle them. I, but I will not put them in wool jerseys. I know that. <laughs> It's so breathable until you watch them. Mike, we love you, man. Teach him how to stunt. Stunt 101. We'll follow along Mike Clemens NFL and uh, hear you all week. All right, brother? Thanks, Evo. Right, Thanks, Rowdy. I think Mike could teach him how to stunt.